And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to a solo game preview edition of the Warriors All-82 podcast, I'll say. Um, Warriors played the Pelicans. On Friday night in a meaningless game. Uh, No Steph Curry, no Andrew Wiggins, no Draymond Green. Memphis uh, across the country against the Kings rested all their main guys. Both of these teams quite clearly are gearing up uh, for a Sunday matchup for the eighth seed in Chase Center. Um, One of the most, uh, I guess, high stakes regular season games uh, in recent memory. It's not a funny thing about it is like if this was two years ago, two seasons ago, three seasons ago, you know, normal NBA that we've all come to know, it'd be even more stakes on the line. This would be for the eight seed and a playoff spot. This would be for, for sne- either sneaking it in to the 1-8 or your season's over. Now, that's not on the line Sunday. Winner goes into the 7-8 side of the play-in bracket. Loser goes to 9-10. And both those games will be Wednesday night by the way. But the reason why you obviously want to be on the 7-8 side is if you're on the 7-8 side, you go on the road to start the play in Wednesday night. But you win that game, you are the 7 seed. You play the 2, probably the Suns. Um, you know, it'll be a tough matchup, probably the Lakers or, or Blazers in, in that uh, game. But if you lose it, you then go home and wait to see the winner of 9-10, and you get them at home. Uh, as kind of So the first game's a free swing. The second one's the real elimination game. And honestly, it might be Grizzlies-Warriors again. And uh, at this point, likely probably will be a rematch because the Spurs, who are sitting in the 10, um, don't have Derek White. They're just not playing well right now. So the winner of this Sunday regular season finale has a much clearer path to actually getting in the playoffs. And the losers probably, you know, we would say is unlikely to get in. Um, on our site, I am, it's either going up Friday night or it will be up Saturday morning, but it's kind of a bigger, denser preview of Warriors-Grizzlies, which is the matchup that will decide if the Warriors get into the playoffs uh, over the next probably five days. It's the most important team for them now to, to shift their focus. They've been studying them uh, the last really you know i would say a few days but if you go into their more advanced scouting it's been a week or two because it's been pretty clear for a while this is the matchup it was probably going to come down to uh so on you know i i kind of put up some some big questions of the matchup some x factors i'll go through them quick to me uh from the warrior side they just got to try to keep i say memphis off the glass but it's really Jonas valashunas um he's basically the best offensive rebounder in basketball he's top 10 if you look at just like the advanced metrics of um, when he's on the floor what percentage of offensive rebounds does he get he's in the top 10 but if you just look straight up second chance points i'm talking the bruisers that go in they leverage for position and they get it and they're immediately trying to put it back it's it's as of me talking on friday Ennis Cantor is number one in the NBA with 316 second chance points this uh, year. 
and Valanciunas is second with 314. Very similar players. Um, Brutes. Now, Valanciunas can move a bit better defensively, which is going to matter because if he's on the court on the other side, the Warriors are really going to try to attack him, get him in space, and he's exploitable. He's not full and his canner exploitable but he's very much a target uh when he's out there defensively but the warriors have rebounding problems i'm looking at it right now they are the fourth worst rebounding team in basketball this season they're the ninth worst defensive rebounding team obviously they're only playing one center at the moment kavon looney who has been rebounding better lately and that needs to be noted he's had nice nights against Jokic, against Embiid, against some you know gobert some, some of the bigger bodies in the league draymond obviously looks livelier lately so um, they've been boxing out a bit more. They had that really bad night in Minnesota a couple weeks ago, which was their most recent like really bad loss. And they, I think they gave up 16 offensive rebounds maybe to Minnesota that night. They just weren't boxing out well. That'll be such a key on Sunday against Valachunas because you can move him out of the paint. Uh, if you keep a body on him, you can kind of wall him off. And I was, you know, and you you'll see it if you read the article I wrote uh, on the Athletic, but. You know, I clipped up uh, uh, some some clips from their first two matchups in Memphis, which on the surface you would think there's not much informative tape from those matchups. It was mid-March. It was Steph Curry had just hurt his tailbone in Houston right before they went to Memphis. They went to Memphis for a back-to-back. It's the only two times they've met this season. Curry's out. He doesn't play in either of those games. So that right there strips away um, so much potential information that we could have gleaned from the matchups. Jaron Jackson Jr., another big man I should probably discuss, particularly from an offensive rebounding interior aspect, wasn't back yet. He currently is. He recently was uh, put back in their starting lineup. And uh, But, you know, if you look at the tape of that game, there's still small stuff to glean from the guys who were on the floor. Now, the Warriors actually won the first game of that which you know we've keep we've kept referencing the one and seven without Steph Curry this season that was the one Jordan Poole it was in the middle of one of his hottest streaks this season I believe he had 26 in the opener Wiggins had 40 they played w- really well on the road Looney was good in that game and they pretty easily handled a Grizzlies team that had Morant had Valanciunas like they had you know most of their components uh, it was kind of a bad performance by Memphis and then the next night Looney has a false positive test the night of the first game. He can't play in the second one. They had to put him in health and safety protocols for one day just to ensure it was a false positive test. The Warriors actually start Alan Smilegeach at center in that game. I believe he had five fouls in six minutes. Valashunas kind of just tossed him around like a rag doll. But at the same time, like the Warriors are leading late in that game. They probably should have won that game. And I remember leaving that back to back thinking like Memphis is just not impressive right now. They almost got swept at home by a team with no Curry, no, you know, at, in the second game, no center at all cuz Looney's not even there and they're starting Smiley Geach. Um but within that Valachunas I think had 16 rebounds in the first game and maybe 15 in the second game and there were just He's just relentless on the glass. He's huge. He throws bodies around, and he's just always trying to get offensive rebounds. And if you let your guard down, that's just two extra points. He's just going to kind of vacuum up over the course of the game. And there are a few clips, and I put at least one of them up there on the uh, article where he's just he's running in, and you know it's Michael Mulder. I think it was Damian Lee, or just they're not noticing that he's behind them, and he, so he just 
you know, hip checks him out of the way, and, and it's a bucket. Now, there's other examples of them walling Valashunas off really well. Typically, it's Draymond Green. In the first game, it's Kevon Looney. Sometimes it's, you know, a guard or a wing. I think Wiggins boxed him out one time well. Uh, Oubre, you know, should be noted is in the mix. Both of these games, he's guarding John Morant for for the bulk of Morant's possessions in isolation. And this is where you're going to feel the loss of Kelly Oubre a bit more than maybe recently. Yes, the offense is flowing a little bit better without him. And he, he brings negatives to the table, certainly. But he also can, you know, be a capable, just like isolation defender on scores, particularly quick twitch, fast scores. Wiggins is good at it too. Wiggins is going to get shifts on Morant, but, you know, Against elite scorers in this league, it's never a one-man job. You you want to throw different looks at them. And, you know, Kent Bazemore, again, will probably play the Ubre role. And Kent Bazemore does have some of those gifts as well. But I thought Ubre guarded Morant well if you if you relook at the tape. But, but just quickly back to Valanciunas, they just, like, to me, it's such a key. Because if you wall him off the glass enough, like, he's going to get a few offensive rebounds regardless. He's probably going to finish the game at minimum in the eight range and you know Jaron Jackson Jr. again I must mention he'll probably be attacking it although he's not nearly as active there as as Valashunas um but if you if you just don't get mauled on the glass then you go on the other end and you can exploit them more um you know you can you can uh, get them out in space and suddenly it's much more of an advantage that tilts more the Warriors way my big Memphis question is how attentive are they to the Steph Curry matchup uh, and just defensive scheme because we've seen it this season. Veteran teams guard the pet action, the Warriors off-ball stuff, pin downs, fake DHOs, DHOs, um, you know, slip screens off-ball, and then just, you know, Steph Curry relocation threes, some of just the quick twitch Steph, oh, he, you know, he's he's flipping behind Draymond here, he's he's getting the, you know, just, just, just the stuff that you've seen over years and years and years with, with the Warriors and Curry, um, veteran teams guard it better because they like us as viewers and, and followers of the Warriors, have seen it as well. It's why LeBron James this season has, and the Lakers have been such a tough matchup uh, for the Warriors' offense in particular. They Because like LeBron will just see the slip coming and he's you know he's bolting like a free safety right into the passing lane, pick six the other way. Um, on the flip side, you've seen young defenses this season just get killed by some of the off-ball stuff because it's just it's such a rare um style in in the in modern nba you know it's less like you know isolation pick and roll and just like kind of the more stagnant stuff i can remember charlotte who had you know they had the lamella ball miles bridges pj washington like that defensive team and when they were in chase center and it was the only time they played steph it was once this season first time a lot of those guys had seen him and I think the Warriors had 11 dunks in the first quarter because they were just confused by, you know, it's like, whoa, this is like slip screen, uh-oh. And, they, you know, they'd be told on the scouting report, like, you know, make sure you just, like, got to get out on Steph. He, it's Steph, 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 Steph. So they're losing their man on kind of the back door. I remember it actually was Uber that night. I think he had six dunks in the first quarter. But, you know, it's JTA now a bunch. It's Bazemore will slip for some stuff. Draymond will do the fake DHO and go dunk. And, you know, if, if Memphis isn't ready for that and, you know, make no mistake, Taylor Jenkins is in that staff, is in the film room before, you know, even today's game against the Kings. They're not looking at Kings tape. They're completely looking at all the Warrior stuff. So it's not like these guys will be – 
you know, completely unaware that this is the type of stuff that the Warriors do. But it's just you got to feel it. Um, you know, it's it's it can be a complicated offense to to understand how to defend. And you know, for example, I, I've shown a bunch of Thunder clips online this year, but you know, Steph Curry just destroyed the Thunder because not only are they a young defensive team, but they're just you know the talent is a lot less. So at least the version of the Thunder that the Warriors played. Um, but Steph would come off, you know, I'll even mention New Orleans. This is, this is maybe a little bit more of a comparison of like young, talented team. Uh, when they went down to New Orleans, um, the, the Pelicans hadn't seen Steph much. And that first game, they were particularly the first half of the first game. They just lost him a bunch where it would be Steph coming off a high screen. They were told to trap. They were told to double. They did Steph gets it out of his hands and you could see Zion even Eric Bledsoe more of a veteran just relax like whoo okay nice we got it out of Steph's hand just like if they were playing Portland they'd be like whoo nice got it out of Damian Lillard's hand but then Steph just reactivates and then he scatters to the corner and by the time they realize it they're like oh oh no I forgot he does that Steph's already in the corner he's taking a three because Draymond's pitching it back and to me from from the Memphis side of things that's the concern um, it, this is just John Morant has never faced Steph Curry in a game. A lot of their younger defenders have either never seen him or have barely seen him. Now they have solid defensive players. Desmond Bain, I like Dylan Brooks, solid defender, but this is just a different animal. And I'm just curious how ready they are just for all of that action. The X factor that I put up on the article was John Morant's jumpers. He's a career 31, 32, I should say, three-point shooter. Uh, uh, he was 33% last year. He's actually declined a bit this year, only 30.6%. Uh, he's only taken 3.8 per game. So, you know, he'll take it. But that's very low volume in the modern NBA. When you're star point guard, you're, he scores 19 points a game. Uh, he's only taken just under four threes, and it, it's – you know, is it, the confidence level is not completely there. He, you know, it's a little Westbrooky where it's like his first, second, third mission is get to the paint, get to the rim, explode by you. If you're in front of him, he wants to dunk over you. Go watch the tape against the Warriors this season in those games that, again, uh, didn't tell us a bunch. But John Moran tried to dunk on Draymond Green twice, tried to dunk on him hard. Um, but if you look over the course of those games, I'm, I'm looking, I'm pulling up the, uh, stats right now but i mean morant i believe one night was like six to twelve still a pretty low scoring night um low impact night from him the first night and then the second night, i think he was like five of 15 um didn't shoot it well from three and if you watch the way the warriors defended him and i put it in the article if you want to see a couple of the clips but looney gets switched out on him one time and looney immediately takes like four steps back and he's just like go ahead and take the three um and where looney's trusting his long arms and just his isolation experience where if john morant tries to drive by him he thinks he can bother the shot enough but if john morant wants to take what's basically an uncontested three they're going to give him the uncontested three in this particular clip john morant steps into it he bricks it front rim warriors get the rebound defensive stop another time draymond green uh kind of gets uh, caught on him in semi-transition so he's guarding him for the full possession he does the same thing as looney does probably even more disrespectfully like draymond goes all the way back in the paint and john morant doesn't want the jumper that time he kind of goes like running start at draymond this wasn't one of the couple of times where he tried to dunk on draymond um, draymond kind of meets him 12 feet out you know straight up verticality it's just like kind of smart draymond green defense and jaw tries to floater over him and misses it like it was a really good contest and that to me is kind of the x factor in the game because 
you just know the the way the Warriors are going to scheme it up. They're going to kind of force John Morant to try to have to hit some jumpers, hit some like floater range shots, maybe even a couple mid rangers, and he can. I mean, it's not like it's impossible for him to. So if he hits enough of those, that'll change the complexion of this game. So to me, that that's why I put as the X factor. I have a bit more in there, including like prediction, uh, which you know I think the Warriors are going to win. They'll be the Vegas favorite in the game. Um, so you can read that. It's up on our site. It, it dives a, a bit deeper into some of these subjects that uh, I'm talking about. Um, but within the prediction, part of the reason I took the Warriors is, you know, Steve Kerr, who, he, you know, he, like I said, he rests Wiggins, rests Draymond, rests Steph, given the chance, as Memphis did, um, coming into this game. So he'll, he should have a pretty fresh lineup of his main guys and this is obviously winning time he understands the stakes we've talked all season about chasing wins not chasing wins running Steph into the ground um and you know he doesn't love to just overload Steph's minute totals even in playoff games he doesn't love to just go 42 Steph minutes but you know the this week these are these more one game scenarios where the Warriors are trying to survive and get into a first round where you can kind of more delicately play it in a game one game two you don't have to go balls to the wall you kind of do right now um so i think steve kerr is gonna if he needs to if this is a close game play steph curry 41 minutes play draymond green near 40 wiggins 42 and that to me cuts off uh you know where memphis has an advantage where memphis is a deeper team um they go you know 10 10 11 guys that are they're a bit more capable than than when you start looking at warriors guys number six seven eight nine uh in their rotation so you know there's less non-steph minutes there's just that depth matters less in this type of scenario so that to me uh tilts it even more in the warriors advantage but it's a one game nba situation anything can happen i'm excited to see the game um it is at to this point the most important game in chase center history tip off time is 12 30 p.m it's on espn sunday afternoon and what should kick off you know depending on how long the warriors last uh should kick off a week two weeks three weeks of, of what should be really fun basketball and from a warriors perspective it's a return to the playoffs so we will talk to you after that game sunday i think we're gonna have a big warriors plus minus probably posting monday and uh, from here, I'm going to kick it to Juan Toscano Anderson's interview from the other day for anybody that would like to hear it. This is after he signed his first guaranteed contract, uh, which will keep him on the roster, Warriors roster next season. That's uh, a good deal for the Warriors on the minimum next season. Um, here's Juan. I, he just had plenty of, of you know really thoughtful, candid, uh, reflective answers. So here that is to close it out. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, Juan, man, obviously, you know, nothing has come easy to you in your career, uh, you know, dating all the way back to high school. Uh, you're clearly really excited this morning. You tweeted about it, 5.30 in the morning, you're up and awake. What was that feeling when you put pen to paper today, knowing all that you've gone through and how it wasn't like, it wasn't an easy route and you've really had to pull it out the mud? 
Man, that's a great question. Uh, I mean, I think I felt every emotion. Um, I was happy, excited, uh, very emotional. Um, obviously, this is the most. I don't. I, I mean, I, obviously, you guys watch me play. You know, I don't play for the money, but like this is the most money I've ever made in my life, or I've ever, you know. So I know that I can do a lot of things with this type of money to help my family, and that's what I've always been about, man. Since I grew up on 95th, you know, uh, there was 15 people in that house, in a three-bedroom house. And, you know, man, I just grew up out the, in the mud. And so it's just it's a different life, but not even for myself, man. I'm just super excited to be able to help my little brother. Uh, you know, he just got his license a week ago. And, you know, some, I don't know. It, it might be a small gesture to me, but I, didn't, I wasn't able to get a car at the age of 18. I didn't even get my first car until I was 26 years old, you know. And so little things like that, man, I'll be able to help my little brother get a car. You know, that's going to change his life. He's going to be able to get a job. He's going to be able to be mobile. He's going to be able to be a young man, be a young adult, not having to depend on mom. Uh, and so it's the little things like that that I think about. You know, uh, I'm just super excited, obviously, for myself to be on the team and continue to play basketball. But uh, it's just a life-changing uh, contract. It's just a life-changing signature, you know. Um, and there's more work to be done. Uh I get kind of paranoid in situations like this because I am happy, but now the real work starts now. You know, I feel, I don't want to say I feel pressure because I don't feel pressure, but I feel like there's more that I need to do. I need to raise the bar. Um, I always said when I first was able to step up to this podium and do interviews that I wanted to be a, a guy who establishes himself in this league and is not just here for, you know, preseason or a 10 day or a call up. And so, uh, that's the first step. I've gotten through the first step to put myself in a situation to be here for another year. And so now I'm working to continue and have longevity in this league. And so, like I said, there's a bit of paranoia. Like, I need to really now kick it into another gear. So uh, with all that being said, though, man, I'm super excited. I could sit here and talk all day about how excited I am for myself, how excited I am for my friends and my family. Uh, and I know Oakland is super proud of me. And so... Oh, man, it's just a combination of so many emotions. It's just, just really exciting. You you played well enough this season where, I mean, you theoretically could have tested the open market. Um, why I mean, was it – did you always know, like, it's 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 got to stay with the Warriors, basically? No, I didn't always know that um, because it is a business. And so, luckily, I've been able to play uh, some years within – not in the NBA, but in the basketball business prior to coming here. But – I mean, this is where my heart is, man. I'm an East Oakland kid. I'm a warrior. I've been, I'm a warrior for life, man. You know, so regardless if, you know, I'm here for the rest of my career, or I'm just here for another year. Like this is always going to be a part of my heart and a part of me, who I am. You know, I grew up idolizing Larry Hughes. Now I get to play with Stephen Curry. Like, you just don't say no to things like that, man. And you know, uh, I've, I've. I'm sure there were some more opportunities out there for me, but uh, this is home for me. Everybody has made me feel at home. Uh, Steve has never, ever made me feel like I was on two-way. Uh, none of the coaches, none of my teammates, you know, Dre, Steph, Clay, they've all taken me under their wing, and, you know, they really make me feel a part of this. So uh, it was a no-brainer for me. 
I don't care about the money, man. Somebody could have offered me $15 million. Nah, I ain't going to say that. <laughs> but somebody could have offered me, you know, a significant amount of money, but I think I would have still chose to be here, man. I love it here. I love the Bay. I love the Warriors. Uh, and I love my teammates. I love it. Like I said, it's just, it was a no-brainer for me. Juan, you kind of alluded to the – oh, sorry, Gary. No, why don't you go ahead? Oh, thank you. Um, you alluded to it just, you know, being a kid from Oakland, you were part of the Warriors Youth Program. What does this franchise and this organization mean to you as a person, regardless of being a now full-time roster member? Just what is it, how has it impacted your life? Uh, I mean, now it's a more personal impact, but I grew up going to games, so it, it gave me dreams. You know, uh, just from a very young kid, like, I always wanted to walk, in the Oracle onto that court donning an NBA jersey. You know, I never imagined they would be wearing a Warrior jersey. And so um, just the Warriors themselves for what they are, they, they've given me dreams. They've given me an idea of where I wanted to be in my life and what I wanted to do. And so, uh, man, Miss Addos, if you're out there watching, like I'm so thankful to you because you changed my life. You know, I was just a kid going to Stonehurst Elementary. A kid pulled out a knife on me in second grade and my mom made me transfer. And then I met this lady and she just changed my life. So she's a, a direct extension of the Warriors. You know, her husband is a Warriors legend. So the Warriors mean everything to me. And now I'm on this team is just like, it's a, it's a storybook. It's a movie. I don't know, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but it means everything to me. I'm just extremely happy to now be taking a step forward in my life and, like, you know, be here and have some prolonged time here looking forward. I know you had a successful career in Mexico, but when was the last time you knew where you would be playing the next season? This is the first time in my career. And so, uh, man, people don't even realize how stressful that is. You know, uh, I never ever got really gotten a summer have gotten a summer since I left for college. Buzz made us stay and do summer school every year and then after I was playing pro, I was playing national team, I was picking up odd jobs and all over the world and so um now that I have an actual schedule, I'm able to just really just sit back and relax. For the first time in my life, I'm talking about going on vacation with my family. Uh we've never been on I've never been anywhere with my mom other than Disneyland. You know, that was vacation to us. That was a huge vacation to us growing up. And so now I'm, I feel extremely fortunate to be able to, like, I can pretty much take my mom anywhere she wants in the world. And so those are the type of things that I get excited about. I get excited to be able to hang out with my friends and hang out with my family. I get excited to, you know, just make plans finally. Never been able to make plans. So uh, that's just like a, a, it's a relief for sure. One, hey. your mom, uh, if I may. Uh, um, the Warriors just posted the video of your mom's phone call to you where she said she was proud of you, um, and it brought a tear to your eye. Mm -hmm. Can you kind of walk us through what you were thinking there? Uh, everything I've been through in my life, I've been through with my mom, uh, physically, mentally, emotionally, uh, literally everything. Um, and so we share this moment together. That's my best friend. That's my hero. Uh, that's Superwoman. I think she's the strongest person in this world. Uh, man, I can't wait to. I, I, I know my mom don't care about material things, but 
I can't wait to uh, repay my mom however I can one day because my mom has sacrificed so much for me to be here, you know. Uh, I've been through a lot of stuff in my life, but, you know, now that I look back on it, it never seemed that bad because my mom just, she was just bulletproof. She was like a cushion for life, you know, so she protected us from everything. And so the older I get and, you know, I start to become more conscious and aware of things, real life things and how hard life is. You know, life is really hard. Uh, I can't do nothing but stand up and salute my mom because she's just the toughest person in the world. My mom is a gangster. And I mean that in every sense of it. My mom is a real gangster for everything, you know. And so whether that's a new car one day, a new home, uh, new jewelry, I don't care what it is. I got it for my mom because I wouldn't be here without her. I'll give my mom my last. Uh, that's my whole heart. I love her to death. And so thank you, Mom. Uh, this has international ramifications, and if you allow me, there's a whole country with 110 million people crying with you today. Uh, and I'm going to go bilingual because I 110 millones de mexicanos, Juan, que hoy están llorando contigo. Porque después de Horacio Llamas, de Eduardo Nájera, de Gustavo Ayón y de Jorge Gutiérrez, tú te has convertido en el quinto mexicano en tener un contrato de esta naturaleza. Y tú hoy no sé si tienes noción de lo que le, me, le envías a niños que están en barrios, que no tienen cómo comer y que usan el balón para soñar y que ven a Juan Toscano Anderson y dicen, yo puedo ser él también. Uh -huh. ¿Lo piensas y qué significa para ti en español este día? Y si entiendes lo que significa para México lo que está pasando hoy. Um, sí, lo entiendo un poco. Uh, pues lo entiendo mucho, pero... No estoy viviendo ahí, o no me siento exactamente como ellos, los sentimientos que ellos tienen. Pero de redes y mensajes y todo eso, sí, sí puedo ver. y uh, Es un, un honor. Uh, estoy muy orgullo de ser mexicano. Um, pero de ser un líder, una imagen para niños... Y no solo en México, en, también me mandan mensajes de Venezuela, Argentina, uh, España, todos lugares. Creo que es más que solo mexicanos, es más que latinos me, me vean y... I don't know. They find motivation o encuentran motivación. Um, pero... Como dijo, es un honor y no lo llevo como es, es no es, es algo muy importante, muy serio y pues voy a seguir luchando para pues llevar, llevarlos a algo más alto. Uh, Juan, uh, Juan, I know that, you know, you had a couple offers when you're in the G League uh, from teams overseas for significantly more money, uh, but you chose to stick it out and make way less money in the G League. Um, what was kind of your thought process with those decisions and how are you feeling, you know, now that uh, obviously it's paid off? <laughs> uh, I mean, there's a lot that goes into that. Uh, you know, I was really happy in the G League. Uh, I was extremely happy. Uh, even I was only making, what, $3,000 a month and I was having the time of my life. And... 
I'm a firm believer if it's not broke, don't fix it, you know. Uh, yeah, I could have gone and made more money, um, but money's not, the, money's not the answer to everything that I would have, you know, sacrificed to go make that money. You know, uh, my mom's getting older. Uh, my little brother's growing up. My little sister's growing up. I got an older brother who's just moved to Texas. Like, I missed out on a lot of their lives, you know, uh, when I went away for college and I, when I was playing overseas. And don't get me wrong, those are the sacrifices that you have to make to, you know, uh, elevate in life. And I'm more than willing to make those sacrifices for my family, but I'm also not going to make those, you know, just for a couple of dollars. Um, and when I say a couple of dollars, I mean, it is a couple of dollars in perspective because no amount of money is going to, you know, give me that time back that I lost with my family. No amount of money is going to, you know, protect me if I get a phone call about my family, if something goes wrong and I'm on the other side of the world and I can't make it home. No amount of money is going to, you know, cure those or, you know, band-aid those feelings. And so uh, I was happy. I was in a good situation. Um, I was enjoying basketball, and that's what I do this for is just to really enjoy the game, really enjoy this this journey that the basketball in life has taken me on. And so um, I passed up on a few offers over there, and I'm glad I did because had I not, then I would have been making a different type of money, and it's kind of hard to turn down those type of contracts when, you know, they come rolling in. And so uh, I'm just glad that I did everything my way. There were a ton of people who told me that I was making the wrong decision by going to the G League. There were even some people telling me that I shouldn't have come to a camp with the Warriors last year because they didn't have a roster spot and so forth. And so uh, I still did it all my way. And at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, even if I fail, I can always look myself in the mirror and say, you know, I did it Juan's way. And so I'm super proud of that. It's a lot of people out here who just kind of go through the motions and they kind of take everybody else's advice and guidance. And so, uh, yes, I ask for guidance from my OGs, from, you know, my big homies, from vets in the locker room, but I still make every decision based on how I feel in my heart. And so my heart always told me to just follow my dreams, and that's what I did. I would like to ask you, if you look back on your career, what was the biggest sacrifice that you made about basketball through your career in Venezuela and Mexico? And also, how proud do you feel that you are a great example for the young kids who started playing ball or who started to make something in their lives? Yeah, uh, biggest sacrifice? Um... I think everything was a sacrifice. I think everything is kind of equal in that, you know, uh, you put your body on the line every day. Um, you go into countries where you've never been, where you don't know anybody. Uh, and just leaving it, like I said before, it's the time that you can't get back. And the older I get, the more I am understanding of that. Like, I thought my mom was going to be young forever. I thought my mom was going to be a spunky 35-year-old woman forever, but that's not the case. My mom's getting older, and so... Uh, my mom is all I got, you know, my mom, my brothers and sisters, they all I got. So I hold them near and dear to my heart. And that's why I just feel like this situation is, it was destined is God sent for sure, because nowhere better than to be at home playing for the home team. I get to enjoy every, everything I get to do with my family. You know, once I leave Chase Center, I can drive across that bridge and go straight home and celebrate all of this with my family. And actually that's what I'm about to go do. So uh, I'm going to go get a nice home cooked meal with my mom. And now I'm going to leave y'all for Jordan Bell. Welcome back, Jordan Bell.